0: i Go! Go! Let's go! machine. Rider. Rider. Kick! Kamen Rider. Kamen Rider. 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 hey hey
1: patreon subscribers welcome to giving the shocker a Cayman writer review podcast
2: <laughs> yeah so thanks to eponymous for giving us this prompt and also uh an easy source to watch the videos deep thank you because hell yes to common writer
1: yeah yeah uh Dan had you ever seen this before no I had
2: uh I've heard about it and I've seen like Clips from it, but mostly in a "ha ha, what the fuck" context. This is my first time watching basically any original Super Sentai type stuff. Yeah, from Japan. yeah.
1: The, uh, the The terminology is tokusatsu. tokusatsu. Tokusatsu is, I mean, it's basically any live action that uses heavy special effects. But most of the time, it refers to stuff like Ultraman or uh, the show that became Power Rangers. And yeah. and common, Cayman writer here is one of the one of the like real originators of this kind of genre. By the way, I have no idea if it's Common or Cayman, and I feel like we're going to use them alternatively uh, through this. So we're going to piss off, like, 50% of nerds at some point. Yeah, like, uh, wait,
2: I am not Googling pronunciation.
1: Yeah. So we. So I have seen I've seen episodes of a Cayman writer franchise. To be clear, this show started in 1971 and has gone through multiple incarnations, and reboots, and adaptations, and movies, and it's, I mean, it's a big fucking deal. It's, it's Batman, you know?
2: As part of my, uh, my research, I discovered the Twitter account Toku Gips, and I've sort of, and they're mostly Kamen Rider stuff, and the series, as far as I can tell, is completely unrecognizable from this. It's like... Uh, they're like neon genesis evangelion now they're like they're like like super hyper mega advanced like laser robots and this is a motherfucker in a mask on a motorcycle doing kung fu and flips yeah and now they're like creating arm energy cannons and uh like walking through magical tech circles to turn into like zords it's It's gone absolutely exponentially crazier from this.
1: And it starts off pretty damn silly. We watched three episodes all together. You and I both watched the first one, and then you watched episode two, and then I watched episode three. Yeah. And so these are episodes from 1971, to be clear. Uh, This is the beginning of the franchise. So the plot of the franchise is basically there is... er, (laughs) Plot of the franchise at this part, at this point, is there is a there is a a motorcycle rider. Uh, his name is Takashi Hongo. Uh, he's like the coolest dude on the planet. They say uh, in the translation, I don't want to... It's hard to talk about this because most of the, the stuff we're going to say is just like, all right, well, the translation is kind of bad. But, uh, but they, they explain that he has a IQ over 600 and is good at sports. Yes,
2: <laughs> he's racing at a motorcycle grand prix, and he is one of the leading biologists at his university. So he is just like one of those main characters where it's like he's good at everything. He's a Peter Parker. Yeah,
1: yeah. No, I mean, I I think less of Peter Parker. Because Peter Parker fails all the fucking time. Yeah. I mean, a, a Bruce Wayne might be. Eh, I don't know, but like he's definitely like he rocks. He kicks ass. He's got an eleven-inch dick. You know uh, uh
2: he's got a kick ass scarf and awesome fucking sideburns, and they and then they gave him robot arms, yeah, like he kicked ass and then they made him better, and he's like, "Oh no, I can punch through solid concrete. this is a curse, and yeah, he's just uh ex- like he he's already a badass, and like the opening thing is the evil secret organization named Shocker starts chasing him while he's on a motorcycle. He absolutely fucking torches 15 motorcycle guys. Like, he basically, like, jumps them, and then he gets his superpowers. Uh, It's fucking crazy. Also, another thing about these episodes that we've watched, at least this is from the two that I watched, it is almost aggressively fast-paced. Yeah. Like, the episodes are 24 minutes, And it feels like an hour of TV being yelled at you from a moving car. (laughs) Like, Like stuff will happen. And I'll be like, wait, who's this guy? And the show will just be like, there's no time. He's the professor. They have a relationship. Do not worry about what it is. Kung fu. There's kung fu now. And I'll be like, wait, who's this doing kung fu? Shut up. We're on to the next thing yeah uh as a as a result of
1: that like super fast paced in the episodes that I watched like there's actually a pretty good plot twist except no it's not it's not a a good plot <laughs> twist it's not a thing I didn't see coming it's dumb and garbage. But it's just it was yelled at me so <laughs> yeah. frequently and so fast that I was I was basically bamboozled into thinking, Oh, that's a really good point. That's a I didn't see, <laughs> yeah. I didn't see that coming at all. And I didn't see it coming at all because it's it's dumb and it makes more sense.
2: The <laughs> show is almost belligerently paced, where it's like the way that Hango becomes common writer is at one point. He is running away. And then in the next scene, he is fighting guys as as Kamen Rider. Like, they don't explain how he gets his helmet. They don't show his transformation. There's not a moment where he's like, Whoa, I'm Kamen Rider! He's just suddenly fighting a group of dudes in berets. And I'm sitting there like, Wait... So does his helmet like materialize? Where does his helmet come from? And the show is like, where does his helmet come from? Shut up, nerd. <laughs> He's fighting a guy with a bow staff. Fuck you.
1: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so, so 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 the basic overall premise is that Takeshi Hongo is kidnapped by an organization called Shocker that is taking all the I guess all the badasses of the world and turning them into cyborgs that they create. Yeah. They they kidnap Takeshi, uh they turn his body into a cyborg body but they don't reprogram uh, or renovate is the term they use they don't yeah. they don't renovate his brain and he escapes before they can do that so now he's a regular dude but he's got a robot body and the, the the first episode leaves on a pretty good cliffhanger where it's just like he can't go home because there's this girl who thinks that he murdered her father but he was actually murdered by a spider monster from Shocker. But apparently that gets resolved almost immediately.
2: That gets resolved in the second episode. (laughs) The best thing is, so it ends on the cliffhanger of he is a robot. He is suspected of murder. Uh, He can't return to his life because he's too strong. He'll crush everything in his life and he must go into hiding. Except in the second episode, it starts with him racing in a motorcycle Grand Prix and working at his lab. So he totally goes back to his (laughs) life no problem (laughs) they do this awesome twist and he's like you know i'll give this a shot and she is still investigating him for murder and he's just like hey she's like where is he tell me where uh where hongo is and the next scene he's just like here i am in my life at my residential mailing address having a great time going to work hey Person who recognizes me. Do you want me to hold that microscope? It won't break. <laughs> it's so good. So yeah, he's, so yeah, he's he's kidnapped by Shocker. And
1: I want to point out, like, when the show explains who Shocker is, they they break the fourth wall. And there's just a narrator that explains to the audience this organization that wants to take over the world. And they do this by showing a globe. And then a monster hand, a puppet monster yes. hand, reaches over <laughs> and spins the globe. And it's... So goddamn funny, and it rules.
2: And it pricks the globe, causing the globe to bleed, which shows their sweeping global influence of just blood running down the globe. It rules. It's so cool. The best thing is, in like Power Rangers and stuff like this that I've seen, the bad guys are like aliens. They're like aliens, and the henchmen are like, they were the putty people who were like these weird homunculi half-formed ape men who couldn't really do stuff really well. They could only run up and punch. And it kind of explained how the Power Rangers were able to beat their asses so easily. right? And in this... The equivalent of the putty men are just dudes in just berets. Just dudes.
1: <laughs> just some dudes. There's also some some hot girls in fishnets who I think maybe they have hypnotic powers or something, but they just kind of show up and sing and look hot. And then all and of a sudden laugh. you get- And they laugh at you. And then you get covered in spider juices.
2: Yeah. Yeah, they might be like the big bad. They're, basically, their superpower is to laugh derisively in a group of women, which would, yes, also bring me to my knees. Yeah, I, think- I mean,
1: honestly, I I a lot of people pay for that right
2: if a if a group of young women just giggled meanly at me I'd be like there's something horribly wrong with me I have a turd stuck to the back of my shirt I'm going to curl up into a fetal position I'm ruined forever as a human being
1: yeah uh, you know really really shocker has a solid plan on all fronts
2: yeah. Turn everybody into cyborgs to basically create a fascist police state without free thought. Also, they have a, a cadre of animal men, who I guess are cyborgs.
1: Yeah, so they they state that like some of the ultra badasses that they capture. They also turn into cyborgs, but they mix them with animal DNA to give them animal qualities. And maybe they were planning on mixing Hongo with like a mantis, which is why he gets that mantis helmet. By the way, Dan, you you didn't see episode three, but in episode three they do some scientific experiments to try to ex- understand how he transforms and whatnot. Mm-hmm. Uh, he has a pinwheel. He has a yeah. magic, yeah, his, his his pinwheel that's bent that's built into his belt uh, transforms him into the cyborg fighter when there when wind goes through it because they say that he gets his power from atmospheric pressure so
2: yeah so that was in the bad episode too it's so great this show has such a loose understanding of what cyborgs are and how they work because the animal people are not cyborgs they are beast men and he is kind of a cyborg except he's powered by wind magic it's fantastic yeah and like the beast man like the so the beast man in episode one is a spider Yes. Like it shows up in the bushes when 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 Shocker captures him and just kind of like creepily moves its fingers at him and I think gives orders to the teenage girls. Yeah. And uh, the, so the next scene after he's captured is Hongo strapped to a table. There's a bunch of doctors around him explaining Shocker's plan uh, and how they're going to reprogram his brain.
1: Renovate, refurbish. Renovate,
2: his, <laughs> refurbish his brain. They're going to extreme home makeover his brain.
1: Ty Pennington is uh, <laughs> is explaining this to the audience.
2: Hey guys, Ty Pennington here. We're going to tear down the walls of this guy's emotional well-being and put up a couple new foundations of fascism and obedience. Let's get the whole community involved. And and I love that the surgeons just inexplicably have red and green face paint on them. Like, all the bad guys have red and green face paint. It's a very awesome look.
1: It, it, they, they serve some fucking looks in this.
2: Uh, so, as they're, uh, in t- like, preparing to do surgery on him, a reactor explodes somewhere. And the- all the surgeons run off to- deal with that because that's something surgeons do
1: and and th- then an old man kind of wanders in professor midori kawa comes in so it's just an old man who just kind of bumbles into the room where they were gonna <laughs> commit that i don't know if it's implied that the professor made the meltdown or whatever but yeah the professor just c- kind of comes i think
2: that's the deal you like he com- busted him out.
1: Yeah, the professor comes in and is just like, hey, you have robot powers now. Bust us both out of here. So they both bust through the roof. Yeah. And there's a quick fight, basically, between the new Cayman Rider and the Grunts, essentially.
2: Yeah. it's the So this is the point where the transformation confused me because I thought Cayman Rider was a different dude. I was like, is Kamen Rider already, does he already exist? And he's going to die in this fight and give uh, Hongo his helmet. And it took me like five minutes to be like, oh, they just did the transformation off screen. Yeah. They didn't even have him reference like, with my new helmet, I'm ready to fight you. He's just like, yeah, like one scene, he's on a bike and he's like, we can't escape them. And the next scene, he's jumping through the air, kicking a guy in, with a beret in the face. It's so good. Also, the professor rescues him. And like in any other show, he'd be like, I'm busting you out. My name's the professor. We have a previous relationship. And instead he just comes and He's like, Hey, come on, man, let's go.
1: Yeah. Yeah. This This is not Tony Stark in the cave.
2: No he's like hey let's bust out it'll be super chill and easy and we're gonna have a great time come on and uh yeah they they try to escape on a motorcycle a bunch of guys in berets intercept them the first fight happens and i have to say it's actually a pretty fucking good fight
1: they're all good fights yeah the the some of the techniques that they use in this are like they give it such an interesting feel of camp it's just it's it's not good or bad it's just unusual and it just gives a tone for example, uh. They do a lot of like stop motion animation in this, but like the way that stop motion animation, we know it, it's intentionally decided to make it look like you're not like, like, like it's one fluid motion. No, this is intentionally jerky. This is just like, like they'll do an overhead shot of Cayman Ryder surrounded by grunts and the grunts will just be like slide, slide. It's like watching a slide projector as they circle around him. Uh, It's
2: trippy as fuck.
1: It's like very 1971. It's so it's cool. It's like
2: some art house shit. It's really cool.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I, I got like a little French new wave feel from some of the colors and some of the fight scenes. Uh, go watch episode three, dude. Cause there is a hallway fight scene in this that I'm going to say straight up better than daredevil.
2: Oh, hell yes. <laughs> the, yeah. Like the show will, will does that thing that you're allowed to do in movies where you can show the same thing happening from different angles twice, except it does it all like too much on purpose. Where like at one point, uh, Hongo accidentally breaks a valve and it's supposed to show like, Oh, he's too strong now. But instead they do it like four, like four or five times where it's like, clink, 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 like different angles, different speeds. And it's supposed to be like vaguely disorienting. Like I think this is designed to be watched high is what I'm saying.
1: They, they do. They love the trick where they like show film backwards. You know, a lot of, a lot of the time they show somebody dying or they show blood like soaking into the ground, which is not how blood works. Works. But it's pretty clear that they just like got some dye, put a straw in it and filmed that puddling out yeah. uh, and then and then ran the footage in reverse so that it looks like this blood is just like sucking into a hole in the ground. Or, yeah. or one of the episodes I watched, it's like there there is a reverse shot of what is very clearly some people tumbling down a hill. But they put it in reverse, so it looks like they're sliding up the hill. Which I was like, okay, that's fine. Except two seconds later, they show the exact same shot of them falling back down the hill. So I don't understand what the purpose of any of it was. But I liked
2: it. It, it kind of has a Buffy the Vampire effect, where a lot of the special effects are cheesy and don't really work. But the the show is committing to it so 100% that it works. I'm like, like okay, that's not how it dissolving human body looks that's very clearly you just like put some liquid on the ground and then reverse the shot but you are going for it and i appreciate it and i am here i just watched a man melt
0: yeah
1: it's it's their special effects budget is basically how much does baking soda and vinegar cost yeah um
2: (laughs) They went to a guy's house and were like, what do you have in the cabinets? Let's make a TV program with this.
1: And you know what? It rules. It's so good. Now, here's, here's the thing, right? I'll buy into everything else. I'll buy into his magic pinwheel that uh, transforms him into a robot and he... G- gets a helmet out of nowhere. Here's where they lose me. Why does his motorcycle transform?
2: No idea. No <laughs> idea whatsoever. He's not like the nanites in my body have absorbed into the motorcycle, turning it into the mega ultra motorcycle. Or like my energy field can transform metal. It's one of the things where the show is just like, fuck you. <laughs> yeah. Laser motorcycle, bitches. <laughs> like, there's not even a visual special effect. The motorcycle doesn't glow. It just is a different motorcycle now.
1: And and here's and here's the thing, right? Like, because I know that there's a million different incarnations of this. Like, somewhere along the line, they definitely explained the transforming motorcycle. They definitely explained the, the helmet appearing. They definitely gave it a, quote-unquote, realistic. You know, they Christopher Noland it probably somewhere along the line. And- yeah fuck that. No. Yeah. I don't I don't need to know. I know I just asked, but I don't need you to give me an in universe explanation for the transforming motorcycle. The motorcycle transforms. Fine. Whatever. I
2: want to watch this TV show now like a modern reboot of it, but at this exact level of campiness and explanation. Like I want the reboot of Kamen Rider to just be this with slightly better uh shot composition.
1: Yeah, I it's I want it to be this but they now they have red cameras, you know. Yeah. <laughs> It just looks better. And even then, I don't think I would like that.
2: No, yeah, I kind of... Just keep making this exact thing. No need to use CGI. Because, honestly, a lot of the charm of this is, like... So, Power Rangers has not sat well with me over the years. I kind of look back at it, like, a little cringingly. And I think it's just that it was, like, too much. It was too twee and too, like, over the top. And there was just, like, too much stuff to it. Like, they have zords. They have swords. They have motorcycles. They have planes. They have guns. And this. Common Rider is a motherfucker with a mask, a kick-ass scarf, and a motorcycle. And he doesn't have guns. He doesn't have swords. He is punching. He has punching and kicks and flips. And that's all he fucking needs. And it's just, like, refreshing. It's- it's- it feels weirdly grounded and real in a way that's just, like, very, very nice.
1: Because they couldn't afford guns and <laughs> yeah. swords and stuff. Yeah, no. <laughs>
2: they couldn't even afford a paper mache sword. Yeah. They were like, we blew all the money on motorcycle. Uh, we have nothing. I'm paying for this 100% out of pocket. We can't even go to the arts and crafts store.
1: And and quite frankly, like, I think it makes it more fun to watch. Like, it. In one episode, they show actors, like, screaming and running in terror from, like, oriental trading catalog plastic scorpions.
2: (laughs) Yeah, there is the, the Bat one. They do not even pretend it's not a guy in a Halloween mask. Like, you can see the seams between Batman's face and his, like, human eyes. They don't try to do any makeup or shit. They don't put stuff on his eyes to make it look like a Batman. They're just like, this is a motherfucker in a Halloween mask. You guys know what you're getting. Suspend your fucking disbelief right now.
1: Yeah, yeah. And it rules. All of it rules.
2: It's so good. It's so cheesy and so dumb and so good.
1: There is... There are two points during the hallway fight that I mentioned in episode three where the camera like starts filming him punching. And then in the middle of the fight, the camera itself just turns 180 degrees and starts filming upside down for no reason. Uh, And and James Wan does that a couple of times in the Fast and Furious franchise. He uses the same technique. Uh, He just takes it a step further. So it's just like the rock is pile driving Jason Statham. And the camera turns upside down with them. Uh did
2: but, Japan but it's the same- have did Japan have hallucinogenics in the seventies? Oh
1: almost definitely, right? That's, okay, yeah. Uh, but the, the first time you're like, this is really cool, this fucking works. The second time, it's a moment the cameraman gets stuck on something. <laughs> <laughs> and so we're just looking at like the top of some stairs for about three seconds. And then he lifts they lift him back up, and it's like, alright, this is fine. They just went with it.
2: And I loved it. It's so good. Okay, so we should get back to the episode we're doing, and then we can go to our own episode.
1: Sure, sure. So um, so they, they escape from the Shocker. They escape, they
2: escape from the Shocker, yes.
1: <laughs> they escape from the Shocker, and Shocker's like, okay, well, we have to get the professor's daughter. So the next day or whatever...
2: Oh, no, the spider, the human spider, gives like is like, you must collect the professor's daughter so that we can blackmail him. And the beret people are like, oh, cool. How are we going to do that? And the, the spider, the human spider gives them meticulous instructions for how to do it. Like she, she works at this cafe and what you're going to want to do is collect her there or maybe intercept her on the way to the cafe. She goes down this street and is probably going to be going there around 3.30. He specifies,
1: uh, you... he specifies that she works there part time yeah (laughs) he says like we must get her at the cafe where she works part time
2: yeah just like that detail seems a little unnecessary (laughs) work is work she's a busy college student what the fuck dude they need to establish that human spider is good at his job he is (laughs) an effective delegator who does the research a bad boss would be like figure it out this is what I pay you for. He's like, don't worry, man. I'm gonna walk you through this and next time you can probably do it without me. This is a training exercise. This is how we build trust as a manager and employee.
1: Human Spider is really good at employee engagement. He gets uh, he gets buy-in from everybody. You know? Yeah. Human Spider, really great at organizational development. Just a, a solid leader all around. He's actually, he's actually an adjunct professor uh, <laughs> of leadership studies at DePaul.
2: Human Spider has built out a very detailed incentive structure to keep his team motivated and engaged by making it feel like they're really getting an, a fair give and take from the company, from Shocker. Uh, also, Shocker has great health benefits. <laughs>
1: Human Human Spider is an is an agile uh, Scrum Master.
2: Just like Human Spider in like a a sweater, just holding a cup of coffee, be like, "Hey Tim, listen. I talked to some of the other Beret henchmen. I noticed that when we were fighting Common Rider, you had a gun in your hand." But you kind of tried to punch him with it. Like you tried to use the gun like brass knuckles. It's fine. This is a learning experience. I know you're new to the position. Do you need like some training on how to use a gun? Because I'm more than happy to walk you through it.
1: Human Spider is a Six Sigma green belt and a black belt (laughs) and a yellow belt because he has eight legs. (laughs) He wears all of them at the same time.
2: This is a joke for two people who work in career services and also watch Japanese television and no other human being. This
1: this bit is for us. You paid for this.
2: (laughs) Oh, God. Um, Yeah, so Human Spider gives very detailed, well-thought-out instructions. The henchmen (laughs) go out to try to capture this teenage girl. It does not go well because they start following her and she's immediately like... Those guys are creepy. Those guys are sketching me out. They're in suits. They're walking menacingly towards me. And a guy pulls up in a car who's like a trusted friend. And he's like, hey, sup, you want to get in my car? And she's like, yes, I'm glad I have a support system nearby. And these guys advance on me when I have a lot of witnesses around. So despite a human spider's instructions, the guys fuck it up.
1: Yeah. Uh. They, she also like swaps clothes with her friend. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, which is a pretty good bit. So the tr- the trusted like mentor, by the way, we saw him at the very beginning of the episode. He's the guy who was uh timing Hongo on the motorcycle, was helping him he's he's Hongo's motorcycle coach. Yeah. So like they go, they get out of the car, they go to the cafe, and the beret guys jump them. But haha, it was not the professor's daughter, Ruriko. It was her friend. <laughs> so Ruriko's just like, oh, I'll just put my friend in grave danger. It's fine.
2: <laughs> I like that the trusted professor friend gets his ass beat regardless. Like they're like, we're gonna kidnap this girl, and he's like, fisticuffs, fisticuffs, and then they whoop his ass. And then they're like, oh man, we got the wrong girl. We didn't need to be here. And then I, I feel like the professor was like, wait, that's the deal. Why did I just fight six dudes simultaneously? <laughs> <laughs> I could have just been like, take her. This is going to be fine. But I mean, yeah, also, Shocker is a humane organization because a bat, like any other organization, would have immediately executed both those people on the spot. And they're just like, you got us. Ooh, well done. Enjoy, enjoy this cafe. The bubble tea here looks fantastic. See you guys later.
1: <laughs> and then they just bail. <laughs> meanwhile at the warehouse the old professor is hanging out with hongo uh, and they're waiting for his daughter to get there they have a conversation they're talking to each other and ruriko hears them but it sounds like they're arguing
2: yeah and it it sounds like they're arguing because the professor admits tearfully that he is the reason that hongo is a cyborg now they knew each other he knew him from school he id'd hongo as like a prime candidate for cyborgification and at the last second he got a guilty. Conscience and defected from shock. So that's how they got in the situation. And Honko isn't super mad. He's more just like, that sucks. I forgive you. Can you uncyborgify? And that's kind of like what their intense conversation is. And that's what, what Hariko hears when she thinks that they're fighting.
1: But before before there's an opportunity to like rectify the situation, the spider guy, the spider-man, human spider dude appears and he kills the professor uh with webbing, which is basically like like fake snow he basically kills basically murders him with tinsel and just strangles him
2: yeah he he uses like what looks like a combination of rope and silly string to just like Garot this guy choke him to death and then he leaves the uh the webbing on him to continue choking him which hongo tries to rip off with i guess his ineffective cyborg strength
1: yeah you know what he was indoors there's not you know it's a big area, not a whole lot of wind i he guess just
2: ripped off a piece of metal by accident and he can't break rope Yeah. Yeah. He was just like, I'm too strong. I destroy everything. And then he's like, oh, damn it. What kind of knot is this? Oh, this is like my headphones when they get put in my pocket for too long. God damn it. So the professor uh, chokes to death. Hariko thinks that Hongo is choking him and is like, you fucking murderer.
1: Hongo's immediate response should have been like, do you think that I created webbing?
2: Yeah. What what
1: do you think happened here?
2: Yeah, like, if I was going to murder your dad, why would I create a spider web? He's an old man. I could have very easily choked him to death without a web. Then the Spider-Man attacks Hongo with a dart,
1: but... It hits the professor. So the professor just dissolves. Yeah. And at that point, Hongo should have been like, so clearly I didn't do that. Uh, and and, and then, then the spider guy shows up and kidnaps Ruriko.
2: And then puts her on the back of a truck. Yeah. Like, just hops on, like, a U-Haul with this young girl. Doesn't get in the U-Haul. Is on the top of it. And Hongo gives chase on his motorcycle, which transforms as he's riding it. Yeah. Which then is followed by a chase scene, which looked actually pretty expensive to make. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, uh, and then Hongo catches up to them, and then, which then is followed by a fucking psychedelic fight scene. Like, for the most part, it's just all the beret guys have bow staffs, and they start fighting him. And there's this one scene where they have uh, Hongo encircled with the bow staffs, and they, they start circling him. But rather than them just, like, walking around in a coordinated manner... They just take several shots where they're all slightly rotated and just rapidly uh, like chop cut between them which is extremely trippy, but also, you know, because they could not get these guys to do a circle effectively. Yeah. They 100% were like, all right, now everybody walk in a circle. And they kept bumping into each other and the director was like, all right, and step, and step, and step. God damn it, Steve. How are you fucking this up? All right, you know what? We're just going to get this in post. I don't know how we're going to get circling in post, but we'll figure it out.
1: Okay, so this was the, like, uh, choppy stop-motion circling that I was talking about earlier. I do remember this fight scene. It's just they kind of blur together, the fight scenes. Uh, I don't remember how he defeats the Spider-Man because, again, this is pretty much just yelled, he punches him really hard, bye! A lot of kicks, a lot of flips. Uh, I remember at least one or two suplexes. Uh, It's very pro-wrestling.
2: It's so good. Yeah, and so after he beats up all the guys... Uh, uh, Kamen Rider runs up a flight of stairs while fighting Spider-Man, who is wearing a pretty nice summer, uh, sweater cape? Yeah! Like, yeah, he's, like, a human spider is dressed for a relaxing day at the beach in Connecticut.
1: Uh, and that's it. He he fights the spider, he wins, and then he drives off into the sunset, and you're just like, oh, he cannot come back, because of the misunderstanding and he's wanted for murder except yes he does the very totally
2: he super does all right so should we go on to uh should i run you through episode two yeah run
1: me through episode two
2: okay so episode two so he hongo rides off into the sunset saying i can never return to my old life and do you remember that grand prix that we mentioned at the at the start of it that he was like excited to do yeah he's doing the grand prix again with the guy from that first scene. And they're just like, Woo! I won the Grand Prix! This thing where my name was entered and anyone can find me!
1: It becomes, becomes Speed Racer very quickly. Okay.
2: And there's a quick flashback where a woman is like walking home at night. And she's like, I think something bad is about to happen. I feel like someone's stalking me. And a human bat, like like a guy in a bat costume, but a terrible bat costume. Like, they bought at a Halloween store, but not a good Halloween store. Like, it's on clearance. It's the day after Halloween. They're just trying to get everything off of the shelves, and they bought a bat costume. He jumps on her, he uh, bites her in the neck, and then it cuts back to the Grand Prix, and she starts like weirdly dancing towards Hongo, (laughs) and and he's like, oh, hey, and his professor friend, who I'm just going to start calling the professor, is like, oh, yeah, look at you, you devil, and then she grows tusks. You'd think they would be like vampire fangs, but they're coming out of the bottom, and then she tries to kill Hongo by kind of pushing her face at him. (laughs) like she just tries to almost kiss his neck but kind of like in a way where no one would think it was a kiss and then i don't know how hongo and the professor take turns beating the shit out of this human woman <laughs> and to an onlooker she fights back but she fights back by trying to kiss hongo so to a, to a, to any of the numerous people at the grand prix they would be like a drunk woman tried to kiss the winner of the Grand Prix, and they beat the shit out of her. Like, Honga put her in an arm bar, and the professor punched her in the stomach a whole bunch, and then the professor put his arms be- uh, put her arms behind her back, and Hongko did the same thing. And then they just left. Like, they weren't it like, It's cool, guys! She's a vampire! Um, she tried to kill me with kisses. Uh... Sorry.
1: So if he wasn't wanted for murder before, he sure as fuck is now, right?
2: (laughs) There were cameras there. Like, I can't imagine. He's not on the evening news. So so we
1: just mentioned that... The previous thing is not the cave escape from Iron Man. So this is not the racing fight from Iron Man 2 either. No. Uh, It does become Speed Racer for a few seconds. Okay, which I respect. More things should be Speed Racer.
2: A a cool tag team fight scene. But on a woman with from what appears to be normal human strength. (laughs) Who crumples very quickly. So he's just like, alright, nobody has any questions about what happened cool, I'm gonna go investigate this, but not because I'm any sort of superhero, just because I'm a dude? Later? (laughs) And then the rest of the, like, a large portion of the episode after this is is Hariko investigating the murder of her father, which mostly constitutes going to the professor and saying, hey, where is Hongo? I know you know where he is. And the professor is like, Hongo? Like, I, is that someone I know? I don't, I don't know a Hongo. I have no idea what you're talking about. And she's like, I know you're hot covering for him. Why are you covering for him? And he's like, again, I have no idea who you're talking about. I'm going to smoke an empty, unlit pipe. And uh, she just goes like, I'll get you. One day I'll find Hongo. And then smash cut to hit Hongo at his job with a guy being like, <laughs> hey, man, how you doing? And Hongo's like, I need you to analyze the blood of this woman and the friend is like, yeah, sure. Uh, No follow-up questions. Let's, let's look at some human blood in a, uh, in a microscope. Yeah. How did you get this? I'm sorry. Why did I ask that? And the friend concludes that, uh, the woman's blood, he's like, I can't believe what I'm looking at. This is the craziest thing I've ever seen in my entire life. And, uh, Hongo's like, what is it? And he's like, what this is, is a super intelligent virus, a a smart virus, if you were. It's actively reprogramming her DNA with DNA of a bat. Uh, And Helen goes like, okay, cool, thanks for that and he's like cool you you're welcome dude have a good day instead of being like hey we need to call the government because i want my nobel peace prize
1: yeah yeah like there there should be some follow up to this
2: no one in this show ever has follow up questions like most shows of a secret identity they have to do lies to keep up the secret identity, they have he have, he would normally be like, "How'd you get this blood?" And he'd be like, "Oh, it was sent from a uh, a laboratory in uh, in a different city." And he'd be like, "Oh, okay, cool." And instead, he's just like, "Oh, you got some blood there? Cool." And everyone else is like, "Oh, cool. You fighting that person on uh in the street? That's cool. That seems like a weird thing to do, but I'm gonna keep walking. It's so much more convenient."
1: it's uh, honestly i feel like this is more realistic because i think that it's probably easier to keep a secret identity than most media makes it out to be and the reason for that is most people don't give a shit what you're doing (laughs) most people don't care
2: yeah there is one person trying to figure out hongo's secret it is a teenage girl and she is from the looks of it putting in like like moderate effort like She's trying to find the man who killed her father, but she's not skipping work for it. (laughs) She's doing it when she has free time and is also not looking at the phone book
1: in between shifts at the cafe.
2: (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Wait,
1: she knows a guy who knows that guy.
2: Yeah, and she just dawned on me once. She asks him where he, where Hongo is one time. And he's like, I'm lying about where he, about not knowing. And she's like, damn it. All right. You win this round, man. <laughs> and then bounces. He doesn't even tell him of convincing. He doesn't give her an explanation. He's just like, no. And she's like, ah. Onto my next lead. Wandering aimlessly around the city.
1: Uh, If only I wasn't a female character in a 1970s Japanese sci-fi show. Yeah. Uh, I might have some use.
2: (laughs) I might have abilities. Instead, I just scowl. Yeah, so then there's a couple uh, scenes of Man Bat. They, they They repeatedly say, I am Man Bat. I am a bat that is also a man. You can call me Man-Bat. Which I feel like was very much them trying to not get sued. He he is a man that is also a bat. But not that one. Not that one. We cannot afford a lawsuit. It is a distinct character. He is a human bat. It is not a mask.
1: DC did actually have a Man-Bat character eventually. But maybe not at this point.
2: Yeah. Yeah. So they do... This one's better, by the way. That's just a dude who's also a bat. This one has a replicating virus that he can infect with people that gives them tusks. Again, not fangs, tusks, that, that turns them into zombies under his control. And if they bite someone, they also uh, get infected with the virus. And uh, he starts, they do a couple of scenes of him like breaking in on couples in their hotel rooms infecting them and somehow in a way I don't remember or don't, didn't totally understand Hongo finds the man bat he's like hey what's your deal and the man bat is like I'm using hypnosis on these victims if someone knocks me unconscious I loot. they all fall asleep and go into a hibernative state and Kamen Rider is like oh cool so I just need to kick you unconscious and the man bat is like yes but how will you do that and then Common Rider kicks him unconscious <laughs> very easily so Man Bat spends most of the rest of the episode in a coma <laughs> and Common Rider takes his limp body and all the limp bodies of his victims and he just puts them in a pile in his house um, like literally a pile And it cuts back to Shocker headquarters where they're like, hey, what happened to Man-Bat? And the secret head of Shocker, who is communicating through like a light-up jewel, is like, well, if Man-Bat is physically threatened and beaten, he goes into a hibernative state until it's safe to come out. And as long as literally anybody is a threat to him, even a little bit, he stays in the hibernative state. And somehow... Across the entire show, Hongo and his friend, the professor, know this. And Hongo's like, All right, I'm going to go try to find an antidote. Professor, you stay here and just stare at Manbat so he can't come out of his coma. And I do not know why they're not like, You want to just slit this guy's throat while he's unconscious and defenseless? <laughs> <laughs> like, I love that Manbat's defense mechanism is to become more defenseless so he goes off he starts doing stuff hariko finally finds uh hongo's address she comes into his apartment picks up a vase smashes the professor over the fucking head he immediately falls unconscious Mamba wakes up grabs her is just like hell yeah and uh and the next scene is hongo being like well no antidote I guess I'm going back home to try to figure out the next move. Walks back in. Mambat is holding Hariko by the neck. And he's like, hey, he literally just says like, hey, you want to see her neck? And just shows it to her. And she has two bite marks. And he's like, like, all right, let's cut a deal. If she's going to die in like 30 seconds. If you, if you surrender yourself to Shocker, I'll tell you where the antidote is. And nice. um, and
1: Classic. Yeah,
2: it's a it's a classic move that Manbat fucks up critically because Tongo agrees to it. He's like, "Yep, I'm gonna surrender. Give me the deal." And Manbat says, "Like, all right, bring bring that guy over here." And he brings over one of the infected people, and then he's like, "Have him bite me on the spine." And Hongo like, like has him bite him on the spine, and then he's magically cured. And Hongo's just like, "So." The cure is in your body, and Manbat's like, "Yeah," and then Hakko just beats the shit out of him again, <laughs> and just takes the antidote out of his body and cures everyone. And Hakko's just like, "I was Man never Manbat suck... <laughs> Man sucks so fucking hard." Hago's <laughs> like, "I was never gonna do it, idiot! <laughs> you suck!" <laughs> and then he beats the shit out of Manbat cures everybody and Mambat also in this whole negotiation process he's like oh by the way hariko he didn't kill your dad we did we're your enemies he's cool just thought i'd drop that anyway back to my plan
1: with no prompting whatsoever <laughs> no. just wanted to let you know <laughs> we're the real killers
2: man Minbat has everything going for him, but he just has this one Achilles heel of voluntarily offering useful information with no prompt or leverage whatsoever. And, and then it's, it just ends with Hariko just being like, alright, we're cool now, best friends, sorry for accusing you of murdering my dad. I'm just, like, going to hang out now. I guess I'm part of uh, Team Common. that's fucking dead. You beat him to death It took all of his fucking blood. This show rules. Ten out of ten would watch again. All right, handoff. Your turn. All
1: right, so, so I get to take on episode three, which is called The Monstrous Scorpion Man. Um, hell
2: yes. Yours is cooler.
1: <laughs> Scorpion Man is... Without a doubt, way fucking better than uh than bat man bat. So I'll tell you that. Originally, airs April seventeenth, nineteen seventy one. This doesn't fucking matter. Um,
2: <laughs> yeah, your your Andy Griffith instincts are cut are kicking in, and no, no, yeah.
1: So. <laughs> This one, like, it starts off with probably the worst thing that Shocker has done. Like, the most metal fucking thing that they've done. It's just like, oh, yeah, these guys are fucking bad guys. They explain, like, so Scorpion Man is getting ready, but he wants to test out what they call his man-eating scorpions. And to be clear, these scorpions that he has do not eat anything. (laughs) They never (laughs) at any point eat anyone or anything. What do Uh, the scorpions do? What they do is they spray acid i guess out of their tails uh <laughs> and dissolve them which means again we get a little clip of some baking soda and vinegar in reverse <laughs>
2: <laughs> shocker fucking loves dissolving people yeah yeah i don't they really just
1: don't need any evidence they don't want anyone left behind
2: yeah they spent so much money on dissolving technology that they don't have any left over to give their enchman guns
1: Uh, Then by developing technology, we mean Alka-Seltzer tabs.
2: Yeah.
1: (laughs) So, so it's explained that Shocker has prisoners, basically. And I guess these are people who were just around when the other kidnappings happened. Mm -hmm. They were like, so, when we we kidnap people, some of them are badass enough to become cyborgs. And some of them become, like, animal cyborgs. And still, some of them are... uh, are, have other abilities they can be our henchmen or grunts or they can be surgeons or whatever and then we've got these pieces of shit Wait, <laughs> we've just uh, got an entire prison like a jail cell full of useless assholes <laughs> <laughs> that we like, couldn't find any use for <laughs> like,
2: so in addition to being fucking murdered They're, like, Shocker is just like, listen, we're going to dissolve you in acid, and we just want you to know that the reason we did this is because you fucking suck. (laughs) Yes!
1: Yes! They make it very clear to these prisoners, like, hey... You are shitty and useless. <laughs> we could find no use for you in our evil organization that refurbishes brains, mind you. Yeah. Like, we could we could have built you a new body. We could have made you useful. But you weren't fucking worth it. My God. Does, the more I talk about it, this was definitely the result of someone with a humiliation fetish. Like, the more we talk about it, the more that seems clear.
2: <laughs> They're just like... Like, okay, so we have bases all over the world. We're a secret organization. We probably have a huge number of staffing needs. We would rather get our janitorial staff off Craigslist than use you chuckle fucks. You are for acid experiments. That is all you're good for. If anything, we're mercy killing you.
1: Yeah, so this is how they mercy kill them. They're like, but guess what? We'll give you a second chance. We're gonna open up the gate, and you have ten minutes to run across the desert—and by desert, we mean a beach—to the, <laughs> the safe zone. And by the way, I—I I don't know that there even is a safe zone because nothing—it just looks like more beach. So they so they let them go, and then they're like, all these these guys are just like running through and like tackling each other. By the way, they're still chained; they still have like ball and chains around their ankles but they're running across the beach trying to get to the quote-unquote safe zone and then scorpion man is just like let the scorpions go Hee 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 he and so as these dudes are they run for the full 10 minutes too <laughs> like as these dudes are running
2: i want them to show the safe zone so bad where it's just like two flags and just a table full of waters it's just it's
1: just the marathon hydration station. <laughs>
2: yeah.
1: Just some pickle juice and some orange slices.
2: Yeah. <laughs> You're doing great. You're doing great. Come on. Congratulations <laughs> on making it to the safe zone. You don't die.
1: <laughs> but no, so so they're all like Like, screaming up in the sky, why are you doing this? And Scorpion Man's like, fuck you, that's why. And so then the man-eating scorpions appear. These are just rubber scorpions that spray ketchup, basically, (laughs) out of their tails. Which, again, not how scorpions fucking work. Scorpions don't spray anything, but whatever. So they, they spray they spray these guys with acid and they all melt down and dissolve right there on the beach except for one one old guy who like got knocked over and is just hiding behind some rocks watching this whole thing happen and you're like oh that old guy's gonna escape and he's gonna tell Kamen Rider right but it's just like no Scorpion Man's like yeah I see that fucking dude we're not gonna kill him he's bait he does the whole Tom Hardy mm, that's bait
2: when you were a kid. Did you think that the scorpions shot stuff out of their tails? Because I 100% thought the scorpions shot, like, darts or lasers or something out of their tails, and I could not be convinced otherwise. So Common Rider is on my fucking level.
1: Scorpions are genuinely terrifying little hell aliens, though, right? Like, let's be clear here. Of all of God's creatures, they are one of the most fucked, right? <laughs> they,
2: they're just... Like there's nothing good about them. They're just fucking xenomorphs. Like they are they are murder creatures on all ends, every <laughs>
1: angle. There's no way to approach a scorpion that is a good way.
2: It's just basically a ball of knives and one of the knives has poison, which just seems mean. Yeah I, I don't even understand. Like they have the claws, everything about them is sharp. Why does
1: evolution just like, yeah, let's add let's add a poison butt. Let's make their butt a a fucking needle. And and also, let's make sure that they love to hang out in your
2: shoes. (laughs) Yeah, I feel like if I was talking to someone who believed in a loving God, I'd just be like, scorpions. And then an atheist would come up and be like, yeah, this is proof that there's no God. And I'd be like, no, scorpions. They're (laughs) carefully designed hate creatures. (laughs) Are you listening to me?
1: Yeah, okay, so, I mean... Most animals may not prove the existence of God But scorpions prove the existence of the devil Yeah <laughs> <laughs> So here's where things get a little confusing With Scorpion Man Is that it feels like he's only got one I'm gonna say lobster claw Because it's what it fucking is It's not a scorpion claw Hell yes. and, his, and his other hand is just a regular human hand That's like painted pink
2: <laughs> <laughs> Wait why are like, they
1: pink? Or, or brown or, like, muddy red-brown or whatever the fuck the color is. But, yeah. So, it's just... And and also, I feel like they they didn't really know how to translate a scorpion onto a human face, which I wouldn't know how to do either. So, they just kind of make him look like, like the thing a little bit. It's just kind of like a muddy... Like, they just put a mud mask on this guy. And... Called it good. When he washed it off, his pores were immaculate. I,
2: I like that they left Scorpion Man's human hand because he still needs to type. <laughs> like, he still needs to be able to use his house keys. So,
1: I, I mean, I don't quite remember, honestly, because I watched this a few days ago, how uh, Hondo or Hongo meets up with the old man that escaped. Uh, but then we see Hongo and his friend, Toby. Uh, who is the other professor his like mentor and they're running some tests basically. They're doing the whole superhero how high can you jump? How far can you kick etc et etc cetera, et cetera. The one dude is literally sitting there with a camera and like measuring distance essentially of how high and fast he kicks and then they like watch the video back later and one guy one of them's just like, huh So it looks like when you get air in that pinwheel that gives you your cyborg strength. And Kongo's just like, yes, that makes
2: sense. What? So when he need, when he needs to charge up, does he just hold, like, a hairdryer to like his cross? Like a crop? fan? Just, like, <laughs> yeah.
1: again, what if you're inside?
2: Because that's, like, a classic superhero thing of, like, I get my powers from this, and I need to do this to get them. Like... That's the inventive part of, like, how they charge
1: up. What if there's no wind and he's not on his motorcycle? Does he just have to run really fast?
2: (laughs) That's going to be an episode where he's like, I got to run away until my belt charges up so I can fight you. (laughs) So, yeah,
1: so they, they come up with that. And then they hear about this man who is yelling about... Like, they, they hear basically a police report about a, a crazed old man who is yelling about evil creatures and an organization called Shocker. And Hongo's like, well, I gotta go check on that guy. And Ruriko is there now. And Ruriko's like, wait, let me come. Let me help. I've put you through so much thinking that you murdered my dad that I would like to help you now.
2: Honestly, she really didn't, though.
1: Yeah, you, you didn't do anything.
2: She gave him a stern talking to and hit a guy with a vase. And that's pretty much it. Like, she's cool.
1: Yeah. Uh, and she also, like, doesn't help. Actually, in this episode, she fucks up something bad. So they're like, okay, well, you can join Team Cayman Rider, but we don't need you to go pick up an old man. That's fine. We're just going to go get an old man uh, and and bring him back. And that's what they do. They go and get this old man uh, and they are ambushed by more beret guys. So Kamen Rider dispatches those guys pretty easily, picks up the old man, brings them back to his home address, brings them back to his own
2: apartment. <laughs> Why does he keep bringing people to his apartment? <laughs> he is barely trying to conceal his secret identity. Arguably not at all.
1: It's, it's rent controlled.
2: I guess the bad guys already know where like who he is,
1: they know his name, they know where he lives.
2: Why has he not moved
1: again again, those prices are skyrocketing in the rural suburb where he lives. I want to point out at one point in time we do see a shocker headquarters, and it's just like a suburban home <laughs> <laughs> just like a split level farmhouse. <laughs> With tacky decorating.
2: Shocker's Secret Headquarters is two bathrooms, one bath. (laughs) Oh, God. Shocker's Secret Headquarters has a porch in the back and a tire swing.
1: Shocker's Secret Headquarters has a 100 walk score on Zillow. (laughs) Adjacent to downtown and public transportation. You know, when when you're buying a house, Dan, when you're buying a house, like... You got to ask the realtor, wait a second, was this ever the secret headquarters for an evil global organization bent on ruling the world by, by turning people into cyborgs? It's illegal for them not to tell you. And then, like, that's an easy, easy 20K off the listing price. That is a negotiation tactic that they don't teach you in real estate school.
2: I like just the idea of a henchman like coming back from a mission and like this old lady is just like, excuse me, Mr. Shocker, was your scorpion man shitting on my lawn? Because we talked about this and you're supposed to clean it up. And the henchman is just like, first of all, my name is not Mr. Shocker. We're all different people. My name is Jeff. You've never talked to me before. And also, you know, I can't control where the scorpion man shits. Bring it up at the next Homeowners Association meeting, alright?
1: Oh, uh, Shocker owns so many Homeowners Association <laughs> fees.
2: <laughs> the organization named Shocker has thoughts about the cherry tree on the end of the block. We think it's bringing down a real estate values across the entire cul de sac.
1: Yeah, listen, Mr. Shocker. you can have an opinion about my cherry tree when you stop taking your trash out three hours before the allotted time, all right? 6 p.m. on Sundays. Everyone agrees to that. But there you are, sometimes even Saturday night, dragging out your trash, bringing out all of these, like, bloody bodies, and just letting them rot in the street on Saturday nights. So you can't say shit about my cherry blossom.
2: Shocker will dissolve your entire family.
1: Yeah, I'll believe when I see it. All right. So anyway, so and he brings skin. back this old man to his apartment.
2: <laughs> oh God, yeah. He, so he he brings back the old man to an apartment. What happens next, Martin?
1: Uh, so then, um, Ruriko comes in with another dude, some new guy, uh, whose name is Kenji, and Ruriko is like, "I brought your friend Kenji to help," and Kenji's like. Hello, yes, we are definitely friends. And Honko's like, ah, you, you rascal. We are sometimes rivals, and we are always facing off against each other. But you usually come in second, but you always give me a a thrill, uh, blah, blah, blah. You're my racer ex or whatever. And Kenji's like, yes, we are always like that. True friends, even though sometimes we're rivals. But as of right now, my my strength is yours. I want to join you on Team Kamen Rider. And
2: A lot of other shows would obey show, don't tell. Uh, <laughs> this show operates on the premise of time you spend showing could be kung fu, so just fucking tell.
1: Just just tell. Just tell. Yeah. Uh, so they, they have this, and like Kenji's like, yes, my strength is yours. I'm on your side now. And the real response should have been like, okay, that's cool, but you're... You're just a dude. Mm-hmm. You're, you're just a dude who is good at motorcycles, but not quite as good as me at motorcycles. And I also have cyborg powers, so I don't really know what you're going to do here.
2: Um, <laughs> not really bringing a lot to the table.
1: Not doing a whole lot here. Uh, but instead, they're just, he's just like, cool, welcome aboard. Good <laughs> to have you here. Uh, also, looks like some dudes in berets and some spider ladies are attacking my apartment building, so we got to go deal with that now. Uh so they leave the old man um they leave the old man and Ruriko at the apartment uh and they go out to go have that hallway fight scene that I mentioned earlier. Mm-hmm. So they split dif- they split up and we don't see we don't see Kenji fighting anyone. Uh but we see Hongo Fighting a bunch of dudes, doing the uh, hallway fight I mentioned earlier. Meanwhile, those plastic scorpions come into the apartment and they attack Ruriko and the old man. And they do manage to they do manage to kill the old prisoner guy. Uh, and uh, the beret people grab Ruriko again, <laughs> and Kamen Rider takes off after them. But now he's got the help of his friend Kenji. And they're both riding. It's a pretty, again, another really good-ass chase scene. And they have a little conversation, like, should we stop the truck? No. If we stop the truck net, or if we follow them like this, we might find the Shocker headquarters. But they're, like, 40 feet behind. Like, they are very clearly visible in the rear view mirror of that truck. And the truck people are just like, shock people are just like, Ah, right, cool, let's just take them straight to our cul-de-sac.
2: This whole organization has really gone to hell without Spider-Person's leadership. Yeah. Yeah.
1: So they, well, here's the twist, right? They get to, they get to the Shocker headquarters, uh, and they break in, uh, and Hongo starts kicking some dudes and grabs one of them and, it's just like, and screams, I know that there are lieutenants and leaders in the Shocker <laughs> organization. Where are they? Tell me where your lieutenants and leaders are. And then Kenji begins to chuckle.
2: <laughs> Hell yes Uh does he turn into like Like dark common Rider
1: He turns into Scorpion Man
2: Oh yeah I forgot yeah, you, about Scorpion Man You forgot Man. about
1: Scorpion Man I did too I did too That's why I said I was like This is a good fucking twist And then I was like No it's not It's a terrible stupid twist That I probably should have seen coming But you just yelled this information at me But yeah so his so his friend is just like, ha we were old friends, but now we are permanent rivals. I volunteered for Shocker. They've made me so great, and they will make me even better after I defeat you. Mwahaha. Uh, there's a fight outside. They're on a beat. The fight isn't that good. Mm-hmm. Uh, I will there, will say, like, Scorpion Man doesn't do a whole fucking lot in this. Uh, a, lot of, a lot of fighting of the henchmen. He kind of, like, fights fights Kamen Rider, and gets kind of like flopped up against some rocks. Uh, But they speed up the tape, so it looks like he's being slammed against the rocks pretty hard. And then he wins. Kamen Rider wins. Yay, I guess.
2: Does Scorpion Man die?
1: He does. Scorpion Man does die. And you would think that, like, most shows would be like, I had to kill my friend. What happened here? Oh, how did this go so wrong? Hongo's just like, that fucking sucks. All right. Well, uh, get on my back, Ruriko. Let's go ahead and drive away. And it it ends with them driving on the beach, and the narrator is like, "What will happen next for Hongo and his new associate, Ruriko?"
2: Hongo is just like, "I'm going to have to tell the friend circle at the next wine and cheese mixer, and it might be awkward."
1: And that's it. Scenes yeah. from the next episode: the man eating Saracenian, which is apparently a type of plant, so it's a man eating plant thing.
2: Yeah. Uh, okay, so I think that'll that'll do it. This show fucking kicks ass. Um, I like this show. Caeman writer rules. We are half remembering them. I wa- I rewatched uh, Human Bat episode like twenty minutes before recording this, and I was still sorta of sure about what I was saying. <laughs> Just because so much happens in such a brief span of time. Again, the, all the stuff we su- we described twenty minutes. Because like f- about four minutes are intros and X ex- and and next time, so it's like twenty minutes in which a full episode of Buffy the Vampire Slayer goes down. So how do we close this? Do we review Common Rider? Because like no, stars. no.
1: Thanks, thanks for being Patreon subscribers, everyone. Common uh, Rider is great. Uh, will I will probably never trans go past the nineteen seventy one series. I don't know. Um, watch Cayman Rider. That's it, that's our recommendation. Bye, everyone.
0: Peace. <laughs> Let's go, I machine. jump. ライダー。kick. Comment, I got RIDER, RIDER RIDER got Jump! ライダー。ライダー。ライダー。jump! ライダー。来た